Okay. Um, we should probably say hello. I'll do a, I'll do like an intro for it. Um, but it'd be good for uh, when we start just to introduce ourselves. So. Uh, Shut up and sit down. Hi, my name's Stuart Cutler. I'm the minister at St Mary's Church in Stonehouse, which is a local ecumenical partnership between the United Reformed Church and the Church of Scotland. As part of my work with the Church of Scotland, I'm a member of the Mission Education and Discipleship Committee who have decided that we want to try and share some of our experiences over the last few weeks as we have entered into a lockdown and all of our church buildings have closed. So this is the first of those conversations. Uh, today I spoke with Ross and Lynette and Am, and here is the conversation that we had. We hope you enjoy it. So, uh, hi, I'm Stuart. I'm the minister at St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse, and today I am joined by three lovely people. And my top left is Ross. Hi, Ross. Hi. And in the bottom is uh, Lynette. Hi. And Am. Hello. So do you want to tell everybody where you're from, first of all? Ross? Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm the minister in Hamilton Old Parish in the centre of Hamilton, uh, here in the lovely central belt of Scotland. Excellent. Lynette? Hi, I'm Lynette. I'm locum at Hamilton South, linked with Quarter, up at the top end of Hamilton. Okay. And Aaron? I'm Aaron from Townhead Parish Church in Coatbridge. Excellent. Brilliant. Um, as, as we... Uh, all know we're locked down. We've been locked down for almost a month now uh, and uh, we thought it'd be a good conversation to have to, to think about uh, what's happened over that month because lots has. When we look back, uh, it seems like quite a long time ago now um, to that first week um, where we were able to meet together on a Sunday but knew that lockdown was probably coming. So I wondered how, how that period of time was for you. So what, what do you remember about that kind of period around about a month ago, just before we went into lockdown, what was, what was happening for you at that point? I don't mind starting if you like. Um, I remember probably about a fortnight before it seemed like something was impending. Um, we had a communion service about 10 days before and the big question about that was what we we're gonna do for communion elements. Uh, we normally have the common cup as well as the, the wee thimbles that go around. Uh, and so I made a, a last minute decision just have the thimbles that went around. Uh, so we, we reduced a little bit of um, uh, contagion, uh, risk of passing on anything that might have been there at that time anyway. So that's, that's one change we made. Um, the only people who used the common cup were literally myself and the two elders at the front, uh, which was a husband and wife couple. Um, so that, that was the first issue of transmission that we were kind of tussling with. Um, the few days before that, that Sunday, which was you know, the following Sunday, um, we again were wondering what's going to happen here. Is it actually like to hit? Uh, and so I, I ended up talking about that. We did different things for the teas and coffees. We tried to make sure it was individually wrapped biscuits, all this kind of stuff. Um, although we did meet for coffee, uh, I did say to folks, even at that point, we don't know what's going to happen next week because things are changing day by day by day. If we're here next week, Tea cup is probably going to be off. I'll warn you that now. 
um, but we'll, we'll see how things go and we'll keep people up to, up to speed with things. And in between those two Sundays, we also managed to get a Kirk session meeting in, which was our regularly scheduled one, and got our major business out of the way then, fortunately. We were due to talk about finance and our budget for the year um, because of the impending state of annual meeting for, for the trustees. And, and so fortunately, we managed to get that done in between times. But at that point, we weren't really at all sure that there was, was going to be the kind of um, uh, levels of lockdown that has now actually transpired. It really was changing uh, at such a quick pace, wasn't it? Yeah. I think I, my, my memories of that were, were very similar. The, the kind of the, the advice that we got around that time was about um, a, not even social distancing. It was things like uh, don't use uh, home bake goods, you know, to make sure that if you're going to have tea and coffee that it goes in a dishwasher so that it gets washed at a very high temperature and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you know, looking around at the news thinking, hold on a minute, people in Italy haven't been allowed out for a fortnight. Now, that's next, or is it? And, you know, all that, you know, such a, a huge kind of unknown. Mm. And for me, the, the thing that really struck me that week was that most of our younger members didn't come to church. So I was faced with a congregation of about 70 older people. And obviously that, you know, they'd already been identified as a, an at-risk group. Uh, and I, I remember feeling really, really anxious that Sunday, just standing in the pulpit, looking out at the congregation, thinking, I wonder what's going to happen next, you know, and what this is going to mean, particularly for them. Uh, and all that kind of stuff. Lynette, how, how was that kind of period for you? It was a bit different. Being locum, I'm in a slightly different position. Um, the communion Sunday, I was actually at Townhead because I had to do a pulpit swap with the interim moderator. So they had gone for the single glasses as well, no, no common cup. But then I was on holiday on the last Sunday, so I kind of missed out. And also, not being the minister, I have to kind of go with what the Kirk session decide about things. So I was kind of felt slightly thrown in at the deep end when suddenly I didn't have that last Sunday with the congregations uh, and then struggling to think where next, you know. So it was a bit different for me. Yeah. And what about you? Yeah, I... I personally right up until the probably the week before wouldn't say there was a massive difference for us um, there, obviously we were having announcements at the beginning of the service going this is the advice from one to one and of course when any announcement from one to one comes out everybody starts to worry um, so um, you know there was a wee bit of panic there um, I think at that stage as well going with the news from from our point of view it was getting compared a lot to the common cold or flu-like symptoms and so people really started to compare it, which it was it's, it's comparing apples with oranges. It's maybe got the same symptoms, but it's a totally different kettle of fish, which we now know. But we didn't have any of that information back then. Um, and I would say the real change in atmosphere was the Sunday before it shut down, um, before all the churches were shut, where we started to see a drop in congregation members, um, just a few. Um, we started to see people not wanting to shake hands and that was 
that was when it was socially awkward not to shake hands and now it's socially awkward to shake hands. Um, so there was a real, real change then and everybody felt uncomfortable, um, even sitting next to each other. Um, so people who, you know, would sit next to each other were maybe a wee bit further apart and, and you started to see things really, really develop from that point of view. And that's really when it started to hit home. You know, there was a feel, there was a feeling around about the church of we might not see each other again for, you know, a year, and we might not even see everybody again, which unfortunately was 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 worrying as well. It was probably you could compare it to the the thought about before war, are we going to go to war or or, or not? So so really, it was a, it was interesting from from that point of view and and all the unknowns that were, were round about it at the time. Um, looking back was, you know, it was it was pretty difficult situation. Yeah. So what, it's, 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 I was just going to say, it's funny that you mentioned that, Aaron, because there's a couple of things that I've really forgotten from that time, and kind of coming back as we're speaking here. I remember making a comment from the pulpit that uh, I really hate funerals. And yeah. I want folks to take care of themselves because I want to see them go to the end of this. We didn't know how long it was going to be. Um, I, I don't know if I'd anticipated it was going to be at least a year or so, but I thought it was going to be probably quite some weeks if, if it was locked down at that point. Um, and, and I didn't want folks to do themselves a mischief by just being blasé about it. But, but as, as you say, Stuart, at that point, already the young ones have stopped coming. We probably had maybe uh, three younger families that, that didn't turn up on that last Sunday. So they'd already started to make decisions. Um, so, yeah, there was a bit of a variation in what people were uh, saying about this. The other thing I remember uh, mentioning, because you, you mentioned about the handshake thing, that just reminded me something as well. The week before I'd said, you know, if, you, if you're sneezing, make sure you use a handkerchief or sneeze into your elbow. And then, of course, the, the advice was coming out, well, don't shake hands, bump elbows. And I made the comment again that last Sunday, you're going to sneeze into your elbow and then bump it. Maybe you want to be careful about which side, <laughs> which side <laughs> you're, you're using to, to greet one another here. Maybe we'll just pray or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, namaste comes into, comes into its own, doesn't it? Bowing and curtsying, you choose. So, so that all happened quite quickly then from that point on. Um, from from my kind of memory, we had the Sunday, and then kind of almost by I think it was the Tuesday uh, or Wednesday of that that kind of week, um, we were moved from you know advice not to shake hands and to to sneeze into a handkerchief or into your elbow to um, you know really into we're going to go into lockdown. Um, although it wasn't announced, I think for another week after that, we had the kind of preparation to to start socially distancing. Um, which is a phrase I hate. I think you know we physically distance, we don't socially distance, but that's a that's a different thing. Um, so what in that in that kind of week or two weeks, um, what were your priorities as we started to realise that we probably weren't going to meet again for church on Sunday? What what, what were you thinking that week, um, Lynette? So you're coming back from holiday uh, into this completely unknown scenario. What what's What's going through your head at that point? What are your priorities? Well, first of all, I didn't get on the holiday because it got cancelled. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, it was how do you keep in touch with folk? Uh, I also wondered whether my position would be compromised that they might just stop having locums. Thankfully, they haven't done that, although they have tried to curtail the payments too, but I'm glad the churches I'm with have chosen not to do that since I am actually working many more hours now than I was previously and 
even then was working more hours than I needed to, but that was okay. So it was, how do we keep in touch with folk? You know, what do we do? What, what have we got technology-wise? What have the members of the congregation got technology-wise? And, and what can we do? So thankfully I've got an excellent uh, session clerk up at Hamilton South and between us using both our skills and things we have tried different things and are managing we're getting by uh, with different ways of reaching folk. Um, some what of the things did you choose to do then? I'm trying to remember what I did the first week. I did something and I don't know whether I just recorded an audio mm -hmm. or a very very short video thing but I've just been putting it all onto PowerPoint slides and Joanne takes it, records it and puts it into the right format that she can to give a link to members of the, con the congregation. But we were then aware that some people couldn't get it so we thought about putting it on, well, we were going just to do an audio on a CD player because we thought those that didn't have the up-to-date technology might still have CD players or CDs or DVDs or whatever. We were then advised that because they're metal it wasn't a good idea to deliver them so that kind of stopped us and we now have improved I hope on our PowerPoint uh, presentation one and we also do the recorded telephone service Brilliant. which has been great for because there probably isn't anybody that doesn't have at least a telephone so that's yeah. been a great bonus. Aaron, what did your church do to, to respond? Well, to be totally honest, we were, if, if it wasn't for a Facebook page that we set up a couple of years ago, we would have been totally lost. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about sending things out through emails. We don't have email lists set up. We don't have people who have got emails there. We don't have, we've got addresses, but posting things out isn't an option. Um, how do we get a message out? How do we do we get messages from the minister, and and how do we edit it, and how do we get them sent across, and things like that? So, so right away we opted for a message going out via the elders, um, and basically everybody that the minister had an email address for, um, added in, and also it gets put on the, the the Facebook page, and that's really, again, if we didn't have that Facebook page, we wouldn't be able to to reach anybody, um. To be to be totally honest, so there will be churches there who don't haven't set up a Facebook page, or and are really going to struggle with that. Um, so for us, that's we we're maybe not as technologically advanced as as everywhere um, else. So so we just really started to get into recording services um, a few months previous and sending them out again. So um, we were really right at the start of that. Um, just when this kicked off, which is kind of curtailed things because we weren't we weren't fully set up. Um, but you know we're learning, we're doing the best we can in the situation, trying to 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 make sure that there's at least some message still getting out there. Brilliant, Ross. You're you're kind of at the other end of that scale. You already did quite a lot um, in terms of technology, didn't you? Yeah, we we did, and and in some respects, when when I came to this charge. Um, the, the elders there, particularly on the property side of things, 
uh, we're, we're quite keen to, to provide the tools that the minister might need at, at this time. So but that really helped. Um, I can't say we used our technology to its fullest and certainly weren't at that point. I mean, we live streamed the service. We've been recording services for about three years. Um, so we had cameras and lights and they're all HD cameras. So it was, it was fine from a quality point of view, more or less. But a lot of playing around over the years. We live streamed for about a year, but, but really all it was was um, the, the usual traditional, very traditional style service that would be uh, presented from, from that congregation. Um, live stream. You know, a couple of camera shots, different angles on that, and, and that was what went out. We had some social media as well, so we had the Facebook page, but mostly that was just being used to, to advertise the Sunday service. Um, occasionally other events would come up as well, but that was pretty much the limit of it. So there was much more we could have been doing with what we had. Um, but yeah, at least there wasn't a huge, great big learning curve with, with a lot of these kind of things, the kind of tools you needed to use, the software tools particularly, for editing things and, and, and uploading things and, and everything but we weren't putting words up on a screen you know it was literally just congregational singing but where that came into its own was at least we then had a bank of congregational singing we could then use to be able to use as pre-recording so people singing at home would then be able to um sing along with that if you wish and we put words behind it using the ubiquitous PowerPoint. Um, but, but what really strikes me around that particular period was actually there were two messages going on at the same time. We were getting messages coming from the Scottish government and messages coming from the UK government. And there was about a week of a difference there, really. And I remember probably, um, I can't remember the exact timing, but at least a week before Nicola Sturgeon had come in and had said, um, gatherings of more than 500, we're just going to have to knock on the head. And suddenly football matches were in question in, in Scotland. And, and that put us into a quandary because we were right in the smack bang in the middle of rehearsals for a passion play. And, and we had a rehearsal due on the Tuesday night before everything was locked down on the Wednesday. And, and we were suddenly scrabbling around to get people to turn up early so we could start recording it because we suddenly realized that 500 maximum, we're probably not going to be able to do this on the street. It's touch and go. That's how we felt at the time. Of course, we knew one week later it wasn't going to happen. Um, so on the Tuesday, we were getting people in. Some people had already decided to self-exclude, and, and that was entirely you know, the right call for them to make, because that's how they felt about that. Um, so there's, there's no criticism at all in, implied in that. Um, so we were scrabbling around to get a cast for that passion play. Uh, we started filming on, on the Wednesday, actually Tuesday night, which says, can the people come on Wednesday as well? So on Wednesday, 1 o'clock, everybody started descending again. Some people knocked off work early to do that not knowing what was going to happen with their work. Um, and we literally got everything in the can that we could do um, by that evening. And, and that was the last time the church was able to be used publicly. Uh, so it really was a, a last gasp thing for, for that. Um, so that's, that's probably the, the biggest impact it had for ourselves was around the filming of the Passion Paper this year uh, to try and get something together and even at that there were some people couldn't turn up because they had been excluded because they've been on holiday uh, one person in particular um was going to be the centurion and had, had a, a reasonably major, major part there particularly around the crucifixion and they'd just come back from tenerife and because there'd been the lockdown in the tenerife um hotels they just simply couldn't come out so we had to cut the design center and still make some kind of a, a sense of the story but i had enough to make a sense of it anyway. Yeah, we we were probably somewhere in between. Um, we we uh, fortuitously had updated the website 
um, fairly recently. Um, so uh, one of the guys, uh, his mum's an elder, um, he's a web designer, and him and I had sat uh, just at the back end of the year and, and kind of talked about updating the website so and, and making it um, sort of video capable, um, even though at that point we weren't filming anything. Um, but I you know, had that kind of in the back of my mind, it'd be good to put up some video at some point, but never got around to it. We'd, we'd been recording audio for ages. Um, for years and years, they've been doing that and giving out CDs and, and, and stuff like that and putting some of the audio on the website. Um, and so that had just been ticking along. So the facility was there, but we'd never really done anything with it at all. Um, so when uh, the, the kind of lockdown happened, I suppose my uh, first response was, we'll just go and film a service. You know, we'll do what we normally do. So that first week, um, I was in the church with my dog collar on, uh, standing at the lectern, um, just with my mobile phone uh, perched on a, 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 a tripod on three chairs to try and get it somewhere close enough that the sound would pick up properly. Um, but at the same time, also recording the audio because that's what we always did. And so there'd be people, uh, you know, there's, there's some quite a lot of older people with iPads and Alexas and you know this kind of stuff that that on a Sunday morning say Alexa play me the service and it you know it finds the finds the link for them that kind of thing so we didn't want to stop that but at the same time I, I thought you know it's it's important for people to be able to both see the church um, and to see something that they recognise um, so so on that first Sunday I, you know got my you know as I said my my only piece of technical kit. My mobile phone, which, you know, 10 years ago, I think we'd all been scrabbling about thinking, what on earth are we going to do? Um, but, you know, we've all got one of these HD cameras in our pockets, which, you know, is incredible when you, you think about that. Um, but similar to, to Arn, we, we have a list of members and we've got some phone numbers, but we don't have everybody's phone number and we've got hardly anybody's email address. Um, and so one of the first things that we did was to instigate a, a, a phone tree to, to try and make sure that we contacted everybody that was on the roll, um, whether they'd been at church for, uh, you know, in the recent past or not. And that proved to um, be an interesting exercise that took a while just to fill in all the blanks. Um, but we, you know, it was a kind of a task that three or four people kind of got together and said, right, who's going to have this person's phone number? Um, and that was great. Um, and and so we managed to kind of cobble together um, a service and make it available. Uh, and again, we've got a Facebook page, and so we kind of defaulted to that as the kind of standard medium for that. Uh, although we stuck it up on YouTube and put it on the website as well because we could. Um, but it was a real, you know, it took me ages. Um, you know, and, and at the same time, I'm, I was some of my colleagues were, you know, Ross, you were live streaming, and I'm thinking, so should I just live stream? Should I do that? And I'm thinking, I don't want to do that. It's my first go at this. You know, I don't want to press go, and what if it doesn't work? Or you know, the the, the broadband in the church doesn't work very well. So, uh, you know, I thought we'll, we'll film it, and then at least I know I've got it, and then it, it'll appear at some point. Um, what I didn't realise was that that takes at least three times as long, you know, the, the filming it, then you feel that you have to edit it and then you have to upload it. Um, and that all takes a long time and you're learning how to do that as you go along. So that first week, um, I, I mean, I, ended, I think I ended up with a sore elbow because I was sat at my desk 
just editing um, a lot of the time and, and trying to uh, just make it work was the <laughs> first response to it. Just make it work. Do something, make it work. So we all, we all kind of got through that initial splurge. Um, the other thing that we tried to do, well, I say we, I tried to do, was to try to do as many things that were going to happen as we could using the internet. Um, so we discovered Zoom. I'd never heard of Zoom. I'm going to put my hand up. I had, you know, the week before lockdown, I had never heard of this till um, I'd, I'd used uh, Skype and uh, Google Duo and Hangouts and all that kind of stuff. I'd, you know, I'd, I was aware of lots of tools, but Zoom kind of appeared um, at the at the lockdown, and so we um, embraced it immediately. Uh, and in that first week, we had Sunday school on Zoom. That was the first thing that we did. Um, partly because we thought that the Sunday school kids and their parents would probably know how to work it, um, and they did, um, and it, it worked surprisingly well. Um, you know, to, we had like twenty kids on Zoom, um, so maybe about a dozen households with two or three kids, and some of them, and we played games and we told stories and we did a craft, and you know, it was fantastic and gave us loads of confidence to to go forward and try and do other things. Um, and I think if we hadn't have done that at that point, we'd probably still only be doing the service or we'd only just be getting around to trying some other things. Um, so what happens, you know, in that kind of, everybody's kind of settled in period for us, that, that Holy Week was in the middle of that. Um, so how, how, how was that? You know, what, you know, how was Holy Week? You're shaking your head for us. Nightmare. <laughs> well, bear in mind, we'd, we'd, we just had lockdown. We, we'd just filmed John Kirk and Passion Play. Yep. I spent the best part of a fortnight editing that and re editing it and re editing it out of all the footage we had, getting the soundtracks right, uh, putting music onto it, subtitling it, and getting all that out. And then we were straight to Holy, Holy Week during that last week of it. Um, we, we couldn't put on what we would normally put on, which was shared services for the whole of Hamilton. So I sent an email around everybody, you know, the, the main congregations around the whole of Hamilton to say, look, I have got footage from three years ago when we, we first did a passion play in the church. Um, we never put it out. We, we put out the, the vignettes of the passion play that went on each night. and We put out the sermon, but there was other stuff there that we were, we were getting to grips with the technology ourselves at that point. So I took all that footage from back then and tried to make a Holy Week service for every night as well. So I'm editing that like crazy. And as you say, it takes, it takes three times as long. By the time you're finding the bit you want and, and cutting this bit out and attaching it for that and, and uploading it. And oh, yeah. Um, I look back now on what we were doing before then when I was just rolling in. Somebody yeah. else was doing the recording for me. <laughs> the preparation is the same. But actually, when it comes to, to the delivery, you'd be taking three times longer to deliver something for Sunday morning or, or an evening or whatever it is. It, it, it takes a long time. So yeah, that, that particular period was just short. I, I mean, I, I would be lying if I said I did anything less than 90-hour weeks for at least that first three weeks. Um, I, I was supposed to have been off on holiday the week after Holy Week because I knew it was going to be exhausting anyway. And of course, none of us were going on holiday. <laughs> so I was back to an ordinary week that week, and that felt like a a rest. <laughs> this is down from the night now. Um, so yeah, that, that whole period was really quite quite fraught. But for the other side of it, as you say there, about you know that the whole experimental phase of, of what can we do here and there. 
Um, I tried to get different people uh, recording with whatever means they could, um, maybe a reading um, with our word and worship leader who, who did a homily for us. So that's in the place of the sermon one week, which was great. Um, so we ought to insert that so different faces are getting seen and different faces from around the congregation. It was, it was lovely. It's been lovely to actually see them rising to that challenge and the comments back as well as folks are really appreciating seeing different people rather than just this mug. <laughs> yeah. we've, we've done something quite similar to that in that we get different folk to do the readings and send, well, Joanne collates all the, the different clips and things like that. We haven't actually put, we've just done it more audio for the Bible readings. I think some of the people that are doing it are quite happy that it's just audio rather than, <laughs> although they are sending a visual one. You know, because that's the way they record it on a phone or whatever, um, and that. But I've got two folk who are doing word and worship, so they they helped me out during Holy Week. We all watched, or at least Joanne put out the link for Hamilton Old, what you were putting on Ross, and we all watched that. Um, but I just did a daily reflection thing. Um, and the two people doing Word and Worship helped me out with that as well. And it was just, it was a resource I found and it was just the Bible reading, a very short reflection on it and a prayer. And, and we did that for each day of Holy Week. So there's ways of getting things done, isn't there? <laughs> when you're pushed. We should probably explain what Word and Worship is because um, some folk might not know. It's a, a presbytery training course um, for people authorised by the presbytery to lead worship in their own congregation. And we've got uh, quite a big cohort of, of people around the presbytery now who have been through that course and therefore are able to, to lead worship. And I, I suppose, you know, for me, I've got three people in our congregation who've done that. And it, it's been fantastic to be able to, to call on them to do different pieces and just to say, you know, with, with all confidence, can you do the prayers this week? And know that they'll, you know, they'll be done. I don't have to worry about that. And on Friday, somebody will send me a video and that and I can just drop that in. Um, so so having that kind of support and those, you know, that the, those people available um, has been amazing. Um, Aaron, how, how did Holy Week go in your church? Well, uh, we were much more low-tech at that point. We were still fighting with one hand behind our back. Um, so it was, it was messages, it was it was basically readings and, and we put hymns in there as well. We had, our minister had put out the hymns, you know, and I, I don't know if anybody actually sang the hymns in their house or listened to the hymns or, or whatever, but each person will have done it in their own way. Um, and, and from there, you know, it might even just be recalling a hymn or reading the words, you know. Um, basically, it kind of left it up to interpretation at that point. Um, what I would say, kind of going forward from there, um, normally um, our, our Facebook page was was quite successful. We owe quite a lot of our success on Facebook to a gospel concert which we hold every year round about Easter. Now that couldn't happen this year, um, but all of a sudden, you know, we're seeing the videos resurfacing. So we recorded different aspects of it, and that's that's nothing to do with with us. That's people tagging their friends and sending it out to people, and and all these things are starting to to reappear. And like, oh, remember that hymn? And and it's it kind of has taken its own a mind of its own. You know, videos that were four years old are still getting traction today. Um, we've got 
one video that's got over 10,000 people who have viewed it, or 10,000 views anyway, um, which is really, um, it's amazing. Um, it's amazing the reach we've, we've got just with a gospel. Um, with something that we wouldn't have thought would have normally hit home with a lot of people. I think, you know, everybody's worried just now. Everybody's very um, concerned and and um, they don't know what's going to happen. So it's that wee bit of comfort. And I think as well, what we've got to remember is, you know, normally a lot of us treat church and, and as ministers will always say, you know, people come in, they sit, listen to a sermon, then they go home and they go and have a week. They don't have their church throughout their week. But instead of it being one hour a week, church now can become 168 hours a week. Um, it can be any time, any place, anywhere. Um, and that's really kind of starting to, to hit home and make people realise it doesn't need to be an hour-long sermon. It can be a 20-minute sermon. It can be a Bible reading. It can be a, 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 a prayer. It can be a group prayer. It could be just the thought of it or just putting out the, the suggestions of, of things to pray for. Um, and, and that's really what's it's the opportunities that this is opening up um, going forward, which is really quite quite exciting. Um, and, and it takes its own mind, you know. I've seen a couple of posts of people, you know, it was like a, it was God and the devil. And it's the devil saying COVID-19 has shut down all your churches. And God saying, on the contrary, I've opened up a church in every home. Um, and that's really that was really quite poignant. And it's good to get that message out there that, and I find that particularly for, um, with the, the what the minister put out was every person will take that and do something different with it, yeah. as opposed to, you know, this is how we have a church. You know, we stand up when the Bible comes in and the um, and we we you know shake hands at the beginning of every service and and that's the way we do things. It's up to you. We give you the guidance and then you go away and and you worship God in your own way in your own home with your own family and um, whatever works for you and that's really what's 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 kind of exciting for, for from my point of view and seeing things like videos that are surfacing from four years ago that I forgot about um, through no purpose or no fault of our own. Yeah I suppose uh, one of the great things about Facebook is every day it pops up with these memories yeah you know people will be seeing things that they did go to a year ago or two years ago or or have a long and thinking, oh, oh, we can't do that anymore. I'm going to share that. I'm going to, um, you know. Another thing um, we've noticed is that lots of people in our community have engaged with uh, the services that don't normally come to church, um, mm -hmm. which is amazing. Um, you know, you've also had people from all over the place, as you do on the internet, you know, friends of friends of friends um, kind of pop up and some people with a, a lovely message from a guy who uh, grew up in Stonehouse and now lives in Canada and he's been watching the services and he's going, that, that's, you know, that's incredible. Um, one of the things that we did in Holy Week, um, and it's the only live service that we've done, uh, we had a communion service on Monday, Thursday, and we used Zoom for that. Um, and we deliberately used that tool because it allows people to phone in as well as to, to join by uh, video. And I found it, as the person leading it, um, <laughs> edit this bit out because dogs are about to go mad. As the, as the person leading that service, I found it incredibly moving um, to think of a, a whole load of people, as you said, and gathered in their homes with their own bread and their own wine, but all joined together 
and they had a real sense of, of being joined together. I think possibly even more than they would have had if we'd been sitting in the church. Yeah. Um, and it was it was an incredible thing, and obviously partly that's to do with the timing of it and the, the, everybody feeling a bit scared um, and and a bit separated from each other. So the opportunity to get together like that, um, even though mostly they didn't have the opportunity to speak to each other, or you know, I muted everybody at the beginning and uh, and, and unmuted them at the end so that they could say goodbye to everybody, kind of thing. But they felt as though they were together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is, is an amazing thing to be able to do for, for folk, I think. The, th- the thing is, as well, there is uh, these services, so just what I was saying about the, the, the videos of the concert from four years ago, we go four years into the future, five years, ten years, these videos are going to pop up again and guys are going to re-watch them. So, so services, so, so a, a word of warning for ministers, if you make mistakes now and put it out there, it's out there. Um, so, um, <laughs> but people will watch them and go, yeah, I remember that sermon. I remember because I was really worried at that time, and that gave me a lot of comfort. Uh, and it's it's bringing that back to to it for years to come. So we're really making a a, a change here that that might that might stick around for years to come, and, and services that will be be doing a, the work for us and and year, and years to come as well. So um, it's, it's it's quite it's new, it's exciting. Um, for a lot of people, it's daunting that thought, but you know, it's the church has changed over the over the years, and this is this is probably going to create another massive change in the church going forward. I think that that the, sorry, Lynette, when you go. Um, the thing about older folk having their iPads, we've yeah. that there's actually people who aren't able to come to church are now actually being able to access a service. Um, that they haven't been able to do before. So that's been really good because the ch- neither of the churches have the facility to stream or to record the services. We had just started at South recording just the sermon because at that point it's as much as we could manage time-wise. And that was getting um, emailed to folk who had iPads and things and that was fine. But now they are getting a better chance to join in church which is good. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, people that denied all, you know, access to the internet and all that kind of thing suddenly have, uh, oh, well, I WhatsApp my grandchildren. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so they have been able to join and you're absolutely right. And I think we've found uh, particularly older people and housebound folk have been able to join in church in a way that they just haven't um, before. Um, and all because we've been forced to provide for them. So there's something, there's something really good about that. Um, so, so yesterday we're, we're kind of at that point where uh, yesterday the, the first minister announced that we're we're in this for the long haul. This you know lockdown's not going to go away, uh, at least not substantially for any time soon. Um, so, so what what now? What happens? What, what does church look like going forward? Do you think? I, 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 sorry, um, we're trying to make church more accessible all week long. Um, we have a, there's a church Facebook page, but I've started another one called Locum's Lookout, which is a closed group for, so that we know who's on it and who's commenting on it and such likes. Um, and I put up maybe a verse for the day. Um, it was the tradition in South to have a Wednesday morning 
service which had just reached 29 years and they do it 12 months of the year Christmas, over Christmas is the only time they don't do it and I thought oh it's such a shame for that to to stop happening so I do a word for Wednesday so it's just a, a short service and again I get folk to um, record stuff and we're hoping that some of the folk that normally lead that will be brave enough to have a go as we time goes on uh, they do have the means to do it they just maybe don't know how to do it and it's difficult when somebody can't go and show them what to do to get them there but we hope so and as for the hymns we get uh, the organist who's just a young lad he plays it on a piano at home records them all and we just put that on which has been really good because we don't have any back issues of anything to, to use so that's the way we've managed that because both congregations like their singing, you know, so that was important that we tried to do something that they could continue to do that. Um, tomorrow morning we have a prayer breakfast on Zoom. On a Monday evening we usually have a prayer group, so we do that on Zoom and they have a lot more folk coming to it and joining in, even if they don't actually participate. We've had to maybe think about the format and how we do it slightly differently um or at least the people who normally run it anyway so we're trying to do something so that people keep in touch and i think on and we've got a an app what do you call it whatsapp group prayer group which is there daily um some people put up prayers others just an amen to say they've read it and have prayed the prayer um so it's I think we're keeping in touch more than we did before. Brilliant. Ross, you were... I've got what I was say now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think part of the difficulty is even at this stage, it still still, still feels quite new. Now we're, we're a month in. And if there's one thing I've been really delighted with is, is to see just how many people have embraced all sorts of different ways of doing things, the variety around it um, and how they've, they've engaged. But I think probably the, the thing for myself that I've, I've really tried to prioritise and, and hope to keep prioritising is, is that little bit of the familiar. Um, in the midst of all this innovation, how do we keep some kind of familiar? How do we keep a heartbeat of something going on? Uh, I've made the point in, in the past uh, to my own congregation that for our mental health in particular, and in a lockdown situation, our mental health really is getting impacted in all sorts of different ways. Um, that idea of something that's happening regularly to help us mark the way, you know, when, when society's stopped going to church as much as it ever used to, um, I, I think we lost something quite significant. How people mark the, the passage of time and the high days and holidays of the year is a really big thing. So I, I think being able to provide that, being able to provide something of a familiar setting, because I still recording the church, and it's something I've tried to endeavour to do there, as well as the stuff we're doing daily or, or throughout the week as well. But um, a lot of what we previously had from our own congregation was revolving around the weekend. There were all sorts of events in place in the halls, but it was mostly at the weekend a lot of things happened. So um, try not necessarily to directly replicate that, but at least uh, maintain reminders of that. I think it's been really quite healthy for people. 
as that's going to be our priority, probably will be for that little while, as well as exploring some new things, but keeping the pattern. Yeah, I've, um, I suppose my nod to that has been that we post the video on a Sunday morning. So we've moved it an hour earlier, we've moved it till, to 10 o'clock instead of 11 o'clock. And that's because Sunday school is at 11 o'clock. So I, I want to make sure it's all posted and, and so that I'm not trying to do that at the same time as Sunday school. But I've had a real um, kind of, sort of battle going on in my head. I, I said at the beginning that I started off that first service was recorded in the church. You know, I was there, dog collar, standing behind the lectern, you know, where I would usually have been, uh, kind of thing. The last two I've done in uh, the house. So I've been in the living room up the stairs. Um, and it just felt really weird to be sitting at home in my dog collar because I wouldn't normally, you know, I wear it to go out to things. I don't, you know, don't tend to sit around in the house with it on. Um, so I, I didn't, oh. no, <laughs> I didn't wear it. Um, so, you know, just put on a, a polo shirt and I recorded the service. I, and it was Easter Day, which also gave me kind of pause for thought, you know, as a kind of significant day in the life of the church and I'm thinking here am I sitting with my t-shirt on in the living room this is weird and it was weird anyway you know the, the process of talking to yourself is really strange you know that kind of preaching to an empty room or to a camera or whatever it, it might be so the whole thing was quite odd and um, but what I, I, I was really heartened by was that it was my session clerk um, who was the person uh, when I came uh, to, to the church who insisted that I get a cassock Okay, so I've, I, I wear it very occasionally, um, but I've got a cassette and she insisted that I should have one. Said to me, it was really nice to see you sitting with your t-shirt on <laughs> in, in the lounge. And I was kind of like, well, why? Why is that? And she said, because I think that people that are watching it that don't come to church would have felt able to connect with that. Yeah. Which I found really interesting. Um, but the, the, the other side of the that kind of conversation is a bit something that you said there, Ross, that the that to maintain the familiar because at some point this is going to be over mm. and hopefully we're going to be able to go back to church at some point um, and so so for me part of that conversation that's going on in my head is am I creating something else um, and so the people that are watching me sitting in my t-shirt in the living room if they turned up at church on a Sunday morning it's going to be really unfamiliar to them um, whereas people who are watching your live stream and if they come to church it'll be very familiar because it's it's almost the same. And I wonder now, uh, even early on, if we've got to the point where um, we're going to have to do two things. You know, if you've started down that road of doing something that's a little bit different, whether it's a, an audio recording or a short thing or sharing some video or, or whatever, that that might continue. But it's, it's perhaps not just a recording of the service. It has to be something different because you've already started to do that. Um, and if that is the case, when on earth are we going to get time? <laughs> yeah, and I think that, is, that really is the dilemma that a lot of people are already starting to realise is that you know, from the, the announcement yesterday, it looks like it will be a wee while yet, but uh, what happens when all this ceases? Do, do you suddenly just drop all those people who've been beaming in from different parts of the world and different parts of Scotland and different parts of the town? Um, or, or do you keep something going? Um, and, and in what format? You keep doing the format that you're, you're currently now doing because you've found this new way of doing things. It's it's a real dilemma. Um, I've, I've quite liked. I've been doing a daily Bible reading. I've set a Bible reading challenge several years back for the congregation. Some did it, some didn't. That's okay. I've been recording some of that for the last little while, um, and, and it's actually felt a little bit different 
we don't just wear a t-shirt in the office in the vans and for folks to see that different side of things like, oh well the minister doesn't always wear the collar funny enough you know he has actually got a home to go to but when i when i record in the church i'm full-blown cassock and gown because that's a very traditional church and that's exactly that's what, what people have been used to and thinking forward to when we do start to return to church if all of this has ended up being a bridge for some people who would never have darkened the door of the church because well it's it's an unknown place with a bunch of unknown folk i'm never going to do that that's really uncomfortable but they've actually had that opportunity to see that it's not actually all that weird and they become more and more accustomed to seeing some of the inside of the church and the minister and how folks dress and some of the singing particularly the singing i think is the thing for me these unknown songs i'm supposed to join in with this or what but from the comfort of their own home, they're getting more acclimatized to what, what Christian worship's like. Mm. And so rather than going to find it much, much less of a bridge to actually think mm. on Sunday, actually, I'd like to go and see that for real and, and actually go and see these people that I've been kind of getting this wee peephole in, into uh, life of and because this is something that really does resonate with me and, and get the community side of it. But many of us who've been going to church for years have benefited from all these years and been talking about but it's just maybe been that step too far for a lot of people so it'd be really intriguing to see whether it has actually done just that whether it made life easier for folks to, to engage in something new that they maybe never would have done before i think as i think as well this has been a, a massive acceleration in a, or a slingshot into things that we would never have done so we're talking we're talking at the beginning there about creating an email list. You know, under normal circumstances, how long would that have taken? How many months? How many presbytery? How many um, session meetings would that have taken to actually gather that information? It would have taken forever. But we've done it in a couple of weeks because we realised that we had to. We realised that the technology was there and it wasn't all that hard. And we're talking about sitting in the house and just plain clothes and 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 being a lot less informal and making mistakes and, and things like that. It's, it all works because it's natural. Um, it's natural. We're all struggling through this. We're trying to make the best of what we, um, we're doing. We're not trying to be perfect first time. It's not rehearsed. Um, and rightly or wrongly, church services are rehearsed. Um, there's an order we do things in. We don't need that here. This isn't a church service. This is a totally different totally different thing it can be and and it goes back to what i was saying earlier was it can be a thought it can be you know we're, we're talking about how this is that this when we go back to to normality as it were um you know how do we cope do we keep this on do we not keep it on i, I don't think you can really do one without the other now um for, for the reasons and i don't think it needs to be as hard as all that i mean it's not necessarily difficult to you know or just have a thought about something and record that you don't need to put it out right away you can listen back to it and go do you know what don't really like that i'll delete that um but it's just you know sometimes you think about things many bible studies to be recorded and put out there many prayer meetings to be recorded and put out there we don't you know and and sometimes that's because we really can't do that it's private and it's 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 um it's it's an intimate setting but and another another times you know there's no reason why we can't put out a prayer meeting when we're praying for for people who are hungry or sick or or, or, or anything like that you know there's, there's lots of things that we can actually do online maybe get more attendance from um and also do in person at the same time 
So if we're doing a prayer meeting, we can also have it set up on Zoom. We can have people who want to attend in person, and then you can have the people from Canada or the, the people from Australia or wherever joining in on that chat as well. You know, there's, there is no right way to do things. There is no wrong way to do things. There's whatever works. Um, and when it stops working, you stop doing it and you change to something else. Um, so that all these opportunities are coming out right now. People are, and, and that's what's so surprising for me from, from a Presbyterian point of view is we don't like change, but yet we've got all these Zoom conferences and people who didn't know what Microsoft Teams were and, and, and Zooms are, are doing that. You know, we we're talking about um, when people who want you to wear a cassock don't, you know, are saying it's great, you're natural, you're in your own house and, and we're reaching out to people. We've never done so much evangelism in, in, in all our days. You know, it's, it's, we're, we're in every, every house, and that's the great opportunity here. And so if we don't capitalise out of it when we, we come out the other end and we have more people sitting in the congregation, then I don't know what we've done because there's nothing we can do because it's so, so easy, and you don't even need to listen to 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 one service, you can listen to two services or you can go to the Bible study for another church and you know it's 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 free, it's it's natural and, and if you don't like it you move and you you're not constrained to your local area. Um which is really which is really promising looking forward. So I think I think going forward it's what we've been saying all along is there's all these options here. Now people have used them, there's no excuse to go back the way. A cartoon the other day, um Somebody sitting back in the church and the guy saying to his wife, you know, this is nice, but I miss the fast forward and the mute button. Sorry, we might just need to think that when we go back, maybe the format we were used to will have to change so that we move forward. I mean, the Church of Scotland, we're doing their radical action plan. Well, we've been forced into it, haven't we? You know, have to do it differently so maybe when we go back it will be different in how we conduct Sunday worship. People might It'll not be fascinating whatever happens isn't it? Yeah, it will. So we should probably come back in six months and see what's happened. Well have a catch up. That's brilliant. Okay um, thank you for your time this afternoon it's been a brilliant conversation um, so um, yeah great thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you found that an interesting and enjoyable conversation. It was good to see the parts that we had shared and also the parts that were different for each congregation. We'd love to hear from you, so if you resonated with some of the things that we said, then please leave a comment on our Facebook page at Hamilton Presbytery. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining us.